the Jacob Media Sports Network, in partnership with 97.3 ESPN, brings you the Mays and Aton Show. Middays with Harry Mays and Aton Shander. Now, it's the Midday Show with Harry Mays and Aton Shander on 97.3 ESPN Radio. And here we are on a Thursday where... The most anticipated live action clearly is the Philadelphia 76er Boston Celtics matchup tonight in Philadelphia. However, we are also on the eve of a very special event, a Maze and Aton branded event with the help and location and backing and support of Barry the Hatchet where we will be at the King of Prussia location tonight. We implore you, go to BarryTheHatchet.com. We'll give you all the details you need as far as these amazing prizes, courtesy of Jacob Media. But we're at a point right now, leading up to this event tonight, Harry, where we got some people logged in, and they're going to try to win some amazing prizes throwing some axes at Barry the Hatchet. Are you ready to see some of the best of the best of the Maze and Aton crew. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm anxious to see uh, the best of the best of the crew. You won't be seeing me throwing any axes because I am, as you know, banned from that activity in any Bury the Hatchet location. None at all or just banned. King of Prussia? Any of them. We're only going to be in King of Prussia today, so that's the only one that matters right now. No, but I, I thought that you can't go to just King of Prussia, right? Like, isn't that the situation? You can only not go to the KOP when you're still allowed to go to Ben Salem. Well, I can go there. Tom's I just River. can't throw the axes. That's the thing, because I was in Tom's River, and that's where the ban took place. Correct. On the air during the show. They put out an, a, basically an all-points bulletin. Yeah. Saying that at, do not serve this man. <laughs> if you see this man, do not cla- cash or clear any checks. Exactly. You he, are that guy whose face is now up on the bodega. Right. He could come in the building. You know, he can imbibe in a beer or something or eat some food, whatever it is, and hang out. But he can't. Do not put a hatchet or a tomahawk in his mitts. No. Not a tomahawk. Or, and you are a hatchet man. <laughs> You know, like people referred to you at one point in your career as a hatchet. Oh, really? Yeah, well, you would come in and, you know, just slash and burn. Weren't you in your previous life the the guy that would fire people? But is, is that what you're saying? Like, is that the reason why I worked with so many people? No. Is because I blew up their spot? No, because you don't have a reputation of people that work with you then just, like, get fired. Or I have disappear. a reputation for being able to work with basically anybody. Right, and that's not as a result of you working with someone and then that person getting fired and then someone else getting brought in and then that person getting fired. There were people that got technically fired in that span, but when you work with 50 people, right. a couple are. But myself, to- like there were a bunch of people that, John, I mean, right? There were a bunch yeah. of people that were not fired. They were just moved. Right. I worked with you and then I was moved you were when moved. Rob came in. There was a lot of movement. There, there's a ton of movement. So with all of the shifting and movement and whatnot, there's a difference, right, mm-hmm. between you working with and having a curse. Okay. Like, I think you just were – you were somebody who slept around that didn't contract, you know, gonorrhea. Right. There, it's not like you're known for mad stay Carrying away. disease. Exactly. Yes. A, a radio That's partner true. disease. I'm clean. You are. You I'm, are. I'm, a, I'm clean fun. Right. Exactly. You are. And, yeah. and I think that's why people tune into this program for good, clean fun. <laughs> at Harry Mays TU, at Shander Show. We'll get to tonight's action with the Sixers and Celtics. But we are at Bury the Hatchet from 630 to 830 around 9 is when the tournament will go down. And 
This is going to be for all the marbles where our eight finalists are going to pick up a pair of tickets to a sporting event this year in Philadelphia. The two finalists will receive a weekend in Philly, including a luxury suite at the Sonesta Hotel, dinner at Davio Steakhouse, and a pair of tickets to an event of choice in Philadelphia, the grand prize winner. So you'll win that, and if you win it all, on top of that, you're going to get a guaranteed two VIP seat package to the next championship game played here in Philadelphia. You want to go to Bury the Hatchet. Their Facebook page is where you'll find some more details. You can sign up there, burythehatchet.com. And again, our Twitter will be there facilitating the tournament, if you will. But this is all about you guys, your event. Come out, have fun. The King of Prussia, Bury the Hatchet location. It's going to be gigantic. And look, even if... You come in there, and you're not a seasoned professional. It's not like you're going to go up against a lot of ringers. This is for our audience. This is for people out there who are more new to it than not. Yes. Yeah, ringers. I, you, you never know. I mean, there's, there'd be no way for us to really know or prevent a ringer from showing up, right? Yeah, I was kind of hoping you wouldn't say that and just go into whatever you had. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just saying. Like, no, I, I, and you know, it's not your fault. I didn't kind of tell you that ahead of time. Yeah. We don't really talk about anything ahead of time. No, we don't. I'm just saying, like. We don't even talk. Correct. <laughs> I just saw you open something oh. up, and I thought you were ready to jump into something, so I kind of ended that statement on a downward tone. Okay, I so got that you. Because we've worked together for a long time, not even this show, but just in general, where I know if you have something, you're looking in your body language, so I assumed you would go right to there. I did not think you would pick up on a pretty... I was waiting for the text board and other people right, to pick right, up right. on Okay, that. okay. Yeah, thank well, you. Well, Harry. now they will for sure. Well, sure, yes. yes but, but of course, I had to push it because you brought it up. No, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm you know, really looking forward to tonight's basketball game. Obviously, no Embiid tonight going up against Boston because this Sixers team is in a really a period of flux right now where things can, you know, could go up or they could continue to go down, right? You know what I mean? They're they're in a very, I don't know what the word is, but sort of a tenuous spot, I feel, because they're looking at, at Ben Simmons and still the frustrations mount. The coach is outward about it now, about how frustrated he is, where he's basically thrown up his hands. Right. And he's letting the fan base know that, hey, I've tried to do everything possible to get this guy to take a shot every, once, every night. One shot is all I'm asking for, people. And I'm, if he's going public with it, that means he's been on Ben for quite a while trying to goad him into this, you know, in practice sessions, in meetings, to film sessions, whatever it is. You think he senses his own mortality? Yes, I do. Hmm. I do. And how does a team... And he wants it on the record with the fan That's base. Fine. Like, look, man, no. I tried. I know you're frustrated right. as, with him as well. But look, look, feel my frustration. Well, I think, to your point, this guy's been around in this city through one of the more unique stretches of basketball to professional sports. Professional sports, seen. really, right. yeah. So he understands. Brett Brown is a... No matter what you think of him as a coach in-game... He's no matter a smart what, guy. Very smart yeah. guy. And he's very... And he's in tune. He's not just like a book... I always use Al Gore because of his... Uh, and this is a non-political statement, but it was always accused of like, you know, I created the internet and yeah, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, no, dude, if you had just connected to like 10 more people... And that's my point is I think Brett Brown does a really good job of understanding media savvy, fan savvy. He gets this city. So if you do sense your own mortality and you want to know or at least control or influence the way in which you go out, I mean, look, 
Phil Martelli to a bunch of different coaches in college and pros have been bounced out of here. And at some point, it's going to be him as well. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to be known as the guy who couldn't or wouldn't well, get Ben Simmons to shoot. Yeah, you don't want to be known as the guy who wouldn't try to get Ben Simmons to well, shoot. Well, yeah, that's, you know that's probably a better that's point. That's really it. And I think that's what he's telling us all right now over the last couple of, of, of games. You know, post-game, is he's, he's starting to let us in on, like, hey, man, I'm trying. You know, and he's coming up with uh, little slogans like "gotta gotta keep the boys in the boat" and all this kind of stuff, man. I'm telling you, things I feel, and maybe maybe I'm you know jumping the gun here, but I feel that they are in a very tenuous spot. And tonight would be a huge game for them to get, not only because it's Boston and because they need a win. They're like one and four since that Milwaukee showing on Christmas Day, which was which was awesome, right? Um, it, it would really sort of, you know, maybe enable them to get their legs a little bit and without Embiid too it would be a, Horford needs a big night tonight yeah. there's a lot of frustrations without Horford and whether uh, Elton Brand made the right move bringing him in here does he slow things down does you know with you know Embiid won't be on the court with him tonight so he didn't play in the game up in Boston last time right cuz he was hurt i believe so where i know or Horford was, got the start so was Embiid out that game? No, I'm saying Horford didn't play. Oh, in that Horford, game. Right. he was hurt. I, I, I think. Oh yes, the first time around. Right. I thought. Okay, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, he hasn't I, faced I Boston yet as a as a Sixer. I don't. Horford believe. has he opening has? night. Oh, well, opening night. No, well, the, where was that game though? That was in Boston, right? right. I'm talking at home. Tonight's okay. at home. Correct. Yeah, he missed the home game a couple of weeks ago because he's hurt, I believe. Yeah. So, but tonight he needs a big night in front of the in the home fans. Simmons needs a big night. They they need to win this game. I tell you, there is a sense of, on your point about need and pressure in front of a home crowd, and this is beyond what we talked about Monday beating the Thunder after the whole thing with Wentz, and we do have news with the Philadelphia Eagles, courtesy of Adam Schefter, we're going to get to in a second. The Eagles are expected to part ways with Grow and Walsh, which is a major departure what? from what happened yesterday. We just heard yesterday from Doug P that they're good. I know, and here's the thing. Now I feel even worse about Jim Schwartz because if that's the tone he took with guys who were going to be out in Grow and Walsh, the tone he took with Schwartz was way less committal. And it was sarcastic. At that, exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't well, feel good at all yeah. about Jim Schwartz coming back now. And this is not a move. We'll talk about this in wow. a second. Yeah, but just lastly on the Sixers tonight, I do think that there's a sense of what happened last night with the Rockets where Russell Westbrook off the floor allowed some spacing and almost like the ability for James Harden to exhale. Now, he needed he shot nine field goals or made, I should say, nine field goals on his way to 41 points, which mm -hmm. doesn't happen often at all in the NBA, right? And it wasn't a great shooting night, but my point of it is is that the spacing and the pacing was there to where you're normally still dealing although it's successful with a little clunkiness. Mm -hmm. Here with no Embiid on the floor, those points you made about Simmons, Horford, guys needing big games, I think it's actually less, not to say it's easier from a skill set, but I think there's less pressure. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, you're right. With Embiid off the floor right. tonight. Because it's an you, isolated night. That I'm, it's not long-term, just isolated. No, you're right, because now you know the, there's a portion of, of the people that think, hey, can they beat 
Boston without Embiid tonight. Yep. You know what I mean? Which does take a little bit of the pressure off them. Yeah. You're I, not at full strength. Now, they, do they get Thibel back tonight? They, back, yes. Right? Yes. Thibel is yeah. expected back tonight. Now, again, and that's big. It is big. And I think you look at what happened last night. There were two things that happened last night for the Celtics. First, Kemba Walker gets ejected right away and... It was Bedlam, the second quarter he gets ejected. It was Bedlam, people throwing beer on the floor. It was just awful. It was a bad scene. It was a bad ejection. I can't tell you that this team's going to bounce back. They got beat by the Spurs at home. The Spurs are, that was their fifth road win of the season, Harry. Mm. So this was not a tactical masterpiece by any means. Oh, my apologies. That's all right. Once you hit that. Yeah. That happened here as a result of Kemba Walker leaving. And another thing that fell in this is Jason Tatum once again shows you how inconsistent at best he is this season. And it was another poor night for him. So the reality is they're still on the road. This is a very di- – oh, pardon me. They're back on the road. This is a very difficult place for any team to play in Philadelphia. And Boston, mm-hmm. as good as they are, that's all at home. Right. They're worse – on the road than the Sixers. Maybe not as far as standing, but at least from eye test standpoint, they are. They're not a good road team. I think two and a, and I got them in at two and a half last night. Uh, do I you think know it's what still it, two and a is half. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And here's what the problem is. I, I, I don't know if it moves or doesn't. I still like that line, but I anticipated people locally would start filling up Philadelphia and it might shift and I might lose a half a point to maybe a point. Yeah. Well, Horford did play in the opening night and that was in Philly. He missed the game in returning to Boston. Okay, so it was as back. a sixer. Right. That's the game that he missed. It okay. was in Boston. No, but you had it right yeah. that he that he wasn't there. Yeah. All right. So, so now we look at the Schefter news. Yeah. And it comes out with the press conference yesterday that they're going to evaluate. They're going to take time and evaluate everybody. It's very difficult for me to believe that in the span of less than 26 hours, they sat down with a true evaluating eye and say, enough is enough. With and made Rowan. the decision. Right. Yeah. That yeah. decision was, it was made, already made. Absolutely yeah. made. So if you want to say it's a lie, it's misleading, whatever you want to talk about, fill in the blank, the reality is is that they knew full on when that question was asked that these guys weren't coming back. See, and that's the weird thing about this is, you're right, it, it, they already knew. But when they were first asked about the offensive coordinators, Doug said they're coming back. Yeah. And then at the end, he was, he was questioned again on it, on the offensive guys. And he said, well, we're con- continuing. They're here now, but we're going to continue to evaluate. That's where he changed his stance. Why? was? Because he was pressed once again by Ruben. Was that it, Ruben it was, Frank? I, I believe that's Just to clarify, to clarify, he said this. Right towards guys, the I end. know what I said. Yes. Yeah, he got a little snippy, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why, again, would he come out and reinforce, or not even the second time, because technically he didn't the first time, admit openly that these guys are coming back obviously he didn't want to break news there okay but he said the opposite of breaking right. news, which is technically breaking he news could have just said you know we're continuing to evaluate everybody right now wait and a just second keep, move on from instead of saying oh they're here now or they're coming back you know what i mean like just say you're continuing to evaluate everything jimmy put this out kemsky kemsky and i saw this because i quoted the tweet where it was a direct quote verbatim from Doug Peterson. 
This is January 8th. All right, now this is Jimmy Kemsky at 10.39 a.m. yesterday, watching live, mm-hmm. physically there, the press conference. Right. Doug Peterson says Mike Rowe and Carson Walsh will both be back. What the hell changed? <laughs> See, he lied. Some, okay, so that's, that's the point. When people ask, uh, well, why do you bring up that they, who cares if they lie? They lie. <laughs> they lie. Sometimes they mean to lie. Sometimes they just lie so much they get caught up in their own crap. Right, and, and I'm okay with them moving on from Grow and, and Waltz. I'm fine with it. Now, I want to see who they bring in, but there was a time when we were like, let's fire you know, Mike Groh now, midstream, right? Yeah, a lot of people were saying that. was sputtering, and then they'd get off to these slow starts, and you're like, man, they just look disjointed. They don't have any rhythm. You know, Carson was getting criticized, and then all of a sudden, all their wide receivers are on injured reserve, and you bring up guys from the practice squad, and things started to flow. Yeah, so how does Gro not get any shred of credit for that? He should get some credit for that. (laughs) And maybe does that just bring him back to normal? Or does that bring him back to right down the middle because there were so many negatives early? It's just weird. And I get it that Mike Gro is going to be this year's scapegoat. But here's the thing. It goes back to good, successful runs. You don't see guys get fired. You see guys get job offers. Get promoted and leave, right. or, or they get what happened with or Jim plucked, Schwartz? plucked away. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why guys leave New England. That's why somebody would leave Seattle. That's why somebody would leave you know, consistently good football teams. Kansas City is going to be one of these now. Yeah. They're not going to fire if Baltimore. they lose. Baltimore's another you know, one. Baltimore, Thank Baltimore you. could have lost uh, their, their defensive coordinator. And Roman. Yeah. And, well, he's the offensive coordinator. Right. He's interviewing with Cleveland. That's right what I'm now, saying. Right? Like they could have lo- yeah. lost the D.C. And Roman. Right. Boy, Dean Pease is the coordinator now, right, for? Martindale is is one of the coordinators there. Where? In Baltimore. No, I'm saying Dean Pease is the coordinator for the Titans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rodney used to rave about this dude because I guess he coached at one point either in uh, San Diego or New England. New England. But New England. He was a linebackers coach, and then the DC in New England raves about him, mm. right? and he's just like you. You see this guy, like he's very smart. He not only was in Baltimore and knows exactly what Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh are doing. Mm-hmm. He was also the defensive coordinator for Baltimore. Oh no, pardon me. He was the defensive coordinator for Baltimore, right, in the Super Bowl when Colin Kaepernick and ah. Greg Roman. We're running that system. So he's got a real handle on how to somewhat contain Lamar Jackson in this offense. Correct. He was the Ravens mm. linebackers coach for from 2010 to 2011, then the D.C. from 2012 to 2017. So he knows everything about Harbaugh, Lamar, hmm. Roman, Ro- that system. Wow. It's going to be that's a, re- interesting. That's a really good matchup right there. Now all of a sudden that line and, yeah. and this belief. Talk about a that, chess match and you're getting nine and a half points. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't you jump in? Wow. Right? So we've got the Sixers game tonight, but really the biggest thing that just popped is Grow and Walsh. So a couple of people are weighing in on the Twitch channel, Maze and Aton. We'll hit to the text board as well, 609-403-0973. Interesting question on Twitter. Michael Jones at Jonesy underscore LJR. Grow and Walsh out. What names do you want to see on the Birds staff next year? So I think one name, and it was already brought up on Twitch, by Mike Savage, 6'10", Deuce. I think now... To get uh, elevated, exactly right? from I, within. 
I don't think I, I'm not saying that's a lock. I'm just saying he should be at the top two or three at the very worst case candidates. If he ain't getting it this time, he's gonna have to leave. I think to get so. it. You know what I mean? Because that so. that would be you. You're passed over. Okay, you're passed over once. You're passed over again. That means you know they don't see you in that position at this franchise I for agree. whatever reason. I agree. That's a good point. You know what I mean? At some point, you're gonna have to move on and say. This is simply not the place for me to advance. And look, yeah. it happens in any industry. Sure, a you're the night you're the night guy on a radio station, <laughs> right. right? And they, well, they you could be the night guy in security or whatever, right? You, you know, you could be doing weekends and some night shows or whatever. And they keep making changes and bringing people in and changing the lineup during the day, and you're always passed over. It means the program director just doesn't see you as a daytime guy on yeah. this station. And if you do, you're going to go somewhere. have to go somewhere else. It's amazing. That's the way it is. All right, let's get, before we break, let's get Matt in Millville up here as he wants to talk about the Eagles. There's that breaking news Schefter posted not 15 minutes ago, so a lot to react to. 609-403-0973 is the text board. Matt, you're on with Mason Aton. What's going on, fellas? What's up, bud? Hey, Matt. Man, this, this, is, uh, this is quite the uh, – man it's it just keeps getting worse and worse like as a as a fan and a fan base when when are we going to start pointing the finger at Howie and Doug at this point like this is this is just getting bizarre like I, like all year Doug's been back and forth eating his own words and then coming out and saying this and then coming out and saying that and then Howie like you pointed out yesterday uh you know when they won the Super Bowl you know he felt like the man but when they're losing he's, he's got his tail between his legs yeah well, yeah, as like a GM, you need to you need to stay focused all the time, every day, throughout the week, throughout the year. I mean, the thing My with thing Doug, is, the thing with Doug ahead. to me is, I'm more concerned about how what he says to the players when we're not around, and I see the way they react to him and they don't quit on him. That means a lot to me, rather than him maybe saying something out of out of turn in a press conference. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like I, I, right, right. I will look. I, I'm going to make note of it, but I'm not. I'm not going to kill him for it because I see the way his players respond to him. Not once, not twice. Three straight seasons they did it. Yeah, and there's one year ended with a Super Bowl. So I'm going to give him some slack. As far as Howie, Howie needs to do a lot better in the draft. Yeah, I mean these are. Oh, you're, like you're talking team. about one area of it, though, right? I mean, you're still ta- like Greg Ward, Boston Scott. These guys are not there by accident. Well, no, they're not drafted. They're undrafted That's what I'm guys. saying. So right. I, here's what I would say to you, Matt, is you're not wrong, but I wouldn't broaden the scope as much as you and, and say it's across the board. You're right, I think, to right. vilify or at least criticize the drafting process. But to be fair, Alshon Jeffrey helped win them a Super Bowl. Greg Ward, Boston Scott, that much of more of an extreme, helped them make the playoffs right. this year. And those That's were, something from the front office scouting Howie, et cetera. Right. Those are free agent acquisitions and undrafted guys. Absolutely. you got to do better in rounds one, two, and three. because you Very can, valid. You know, that's, that's the point to me. Very valid. Yeah. My only thing is I think we need to categorize it as a specific yeah. and I, not say I, Howie I, stinks, Howie sucks. How he's drafting has been suspect. I think that's a fair act because I don't think it's fair to rope the other stuff in. No, you're right. At Harry and that's what we do here. On this show. Show. We do. We rope a lot of stuff in. Now, thanks, Matt. As we come back, we'll get Glenn up. We also have Hunter in the house producing the show tonight. Right. Josh is off. Josh has got a day off well, today. And we're going to find out why coming up. Because what is he I, doing? I don't know, A, what he's doing. Maybe we can put it out there to the public because a lot of people listening on 97.3 
are well aware of Josh and his unique idiosyncratic habits. <laughs> but we can also get from Hunter why, in fact, he's off. Because I don't think anybody actually knows, even Gil. Well, I Gil, think... I guarantee you he doesn't know. I, I don't even think Gil actually knows that. Yeah. He's, like, physically knows We're he's off. We're breaking news. We are. Yeah. Like Adam Schefter, 20 minutes ago. We now break news on 97.3 ESPN. It's Mason Aton. Mason Aton. And uh, we've got a lot going on right now. We've got the breaking news in the first segment of the show from Adam Schefter that the Eagles are moving on from both Mike Groh and Carson Walsh. So the quarterback's coach and the offensive coordinator have been zipped. Correct. Yet yesterday, the media and the fan base was told, if you were paying attention, that, no, those guys are here. They're good. Uh, We might be continuing to evaluate, but no, nothing to see here. No, nope. so that, that and to the fact that it was the opposite with Jim Schwartz, it was non-committal with right. Schwartz. He came out and gave up everything when it came to Walsh and Grow. Yep, they're back. Yep, read you that text. Part of me tweet from Kemsky. That was somebody right there live tweeting mm-hmm. a press conference. It came out of Doug Peterson's mouth. Right, <laughs> we didn't imagine. No, it. no, nobody did, and no. nobody came out. And, no fake news or any other term you want to apply there. This was a real thing. No, and the Schwartz is interviewing with the Browns. Did and he... now Josh McDaniels not taking that job is going to force them to hire Jim Schwartz. And this team, as much as we say they needed change in the regular season and it was convenient to fire everybody after they lost to Miami, mm-hmm. and I don't have a problem the way we reacted to that loss. Damn right we were pissed off that they lost to Miami. But there's something to be said about – Mass change, and that being good for your team coming into next year. Sometimes it shows dysfunction, doesn't I, it? I think yeah. more times than not. Look, yeah. you're on the verge of having a new offensive coordinator, wide receivers coach, and defensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator arguably is the biggest because Doug calls the plays. Right, right. It's but his offense. We yeah. still want somebody who understands what Doug is doing, and Frank Reich and Filippo were there, and we talked about them, but they knew him. They worked with him. And working with the quarterback. Well, that's a big part of it, and, and it's know, not just like, working with the quarterback. His foundation now has been shaken again. You know? So, I, yeah, well, there's change. How many yeah. times has crazy. he thrown to wide receivers coached by a different coach mm-hmm. each year? And different wide receivers on a weekly basis. Well, that's another injury. thing, too. <laughs> it's just chaos. Yeah, I mean, that's insane here because I think for the most part you're really at a point now where (laughs) from what he said to what they have to do if you lose three coaches it's not as easy as just replacing them oh let's get Jim Caldwell in here or let's get you know fill in the blank in here and then it's just going to be smooth right you have to have some sense of continuity see if I'm Cleveland I think I still have to get an offensive guy who can run an offense that can highlight what Baker Mayfield does best. I don't hire Jim Schwartz to run that team. Nothing against him. And I don't want to lose him. But I think the, the main thing is to get an off, a guy that – look, the guy I, – I would hire Roman. Yeah. I mean, he, look what he did with Lamar Jackson. They totally changed everything that the Baltimore Ravens did as an offense to accommodate his skill set. And look how it turned out. You go into Cleveland, and you know some of the skills are the same, and you tailor an offense to Baker Mayfield and and the weapons, and I think you got something. Yeah, I don't know. That's just me. You think that's the difference? You just you get weapons as opposed to coaching. No, I'm saying I get a coaching to better utilize my weapons instead of a you know. But I don't, I don't know. But that's the thing. Like, 
what weapons do you have moving forward? You've well, got Miles got... Sanders in the backfield. You've got two tight ends. No, I'm talking about Cleveland here with this. Situation. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. For some reason, I thought you went <laughs> no, back to Grill. No, no, I, I'm sorry. Well, Cleveland, if Jim Schwartz is the is the head coach, he's not going to pay a, ta- a dime's no. worth of attention to, to that the offense. offense. Right. So you, whoever he hires as an offensive coordinator is the most important hire. It's kind of like what with the Giants. Like whoever Mr. Judge hires as the offensive coordinator, that's the biggest hire. Because he doesn't have, he doesn't run an offense. He's Correct. not an offensive guy. Well, he, can't you argue that for the Eagles? Well, it's Doug's offense. No, but I'm saying That's for the defense. Change. Oh, for the defense. Right. Isn't it the same principle but flipped for the Eagles where if they lose a defensive coordinator, now you're talking about a head coach who is already calling plays, mm-hmm. and it's really difficult to have a true sense of the game, flow at least, and call plays. And now you're asking him to bring in a defensive coordinator who has to be like Jim Schwartz. He's got to be autonomous. That's what I'm saying. Exactly right. There's no down the road or there's no growing into that. There's no, okay, let me bounce stuff off the head coach. If you leave and move on from this whole thing with Jim Schwartz, like you said, autonomy. You need to bring in somebody who is essentially an assistant head coach. Right, right. Maybe you move Deuce up. You know, to be your OC, but then you lose Schwartz, you're going to have to get a guy to run his own show. That's the biggest yeah. thing right there. Right. All uh, right, so I, I have the statement here if you want to hear it from Doug. We'll get to Glenn as well. Brandon Lee Gowton's going to join us at 1. Chris Spatola from SiriusXM College Sports. He was an assistant at Duke. He's in the Krzyzewski blood now. He's oh, married. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a good guy. We've had him on in other universes, I'm sure. I know the name. Yeah, he's yeah. really good. So... We'll bring him on, and the beauty of it, too, is that he does NBA, so we can throw some Sixer stuff in there as well. After much consideration and discussion, this is from Doug Peterson. I have decided to make a change at the offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach positions. It was not an easy decision for me to make, and I appreciate everything that Mike Rowe and Carson Walsh contributed to the organization and to my staff. As I said yesterday, they were a big part of our success down the stretch this past season. This is one of the most difficult parts of the job and something that weighs on me. But ultimately, I have to make decisions that I believe are in the best interest of the football team moving forward. I apologize for any confusion that I created during yesterday's press conference, (laughs) including my comments on Coach Schwartz, who has done a great job as our defensive coordinator. It was my intent not to comment on any of my staff during the ongoing evaluations because I wanted to be able to go through the process and communicate any decision directly with the individuals. I did a poor job of explaining that the first time I was asked. I will continue to evaluate everything and consider all possibilities to improve our football team. This is a statement to clean up the mess that yeah. happened yesterday. Now That's I, a two-paragraph statement right there. I remember. Yeah, that, could, that couldn't be done in one tweet no. if he was going to tweet this. That could be an Instagram post, though, right? Right. Or you just do it on your notes on your iPhone and then you know, put it on your, your Twitter. But anyway, wasn't this at the point yesterday during the press conference when – how he got the question initially and just deflected yep. it to Doug. I'm not going to talk about and, that. And Doug wasn't paying attention, and he just goes, huh? <laughs> was what was that he when doing? Was, was that he when he was making Boy or was what? Was that when he was making love to the water bottle? Did you see that video? Yeah, that was a little awkward. Jamie Apodi, I believe, of Channel 6 News, was at the she handles the sports for Channel 6 and was at the press conference, and he's shooting this video, and you see Howie talking to the media, and behind him is Doug, like, with what a was water that? bottle, like rubbing it on his mouth, like he's putting lip balm on. 
That's it was freaky. bizarro. That was crazy. I is there any video? Do we out have there? an explanation for this? I don't know, but do we have any video or anything like? It's all over social media. Go to her Twitter. You can see it. No, but I'm saying, like, has anybody turned this into, like, a short film or, like, put music behind it? Oh, like a it? meme, made a meme anything, out of it? Anything. <laughs> I would hope so. I mean, it's gold for stuff like that. It is. It is. On the Twitch channel, if Schwartz gets the Browns job, this is from Yo Tone Tone, Eagles play Browns next season in Cleveland. They do. Yeah, they do. In Cleveland. A That's that chalked schedule up. next year. Yep. So. Breaker Swordsman, Berserker, pardon me, Swordsman. He must have meant, yeah, they'll be back in the facility later to be fired. Yeah, to pick up their stuff. Exactly right. Now, Kevin Cookie32 puts out on the Twitch channel, Wade Phillips, D.C. Not well, bad in Houston before he was ousted. No, and he was last in L.A., right? Correct. The Rams. Correct. He, how old is he? I can tell you now, but Wade Phillips. He's been around a long does time. Does it matter for a coordinator? He's 72 years old. Okay. Now, does uh, it matter? I thought he was older than that. He was just bounced from L.A. Hmm. Yeah, I know. So does it matter at this point? I mean, he just – the Rams had a, a lot of talent, and they underachieved across the board. But I wouldn't look at the most recent stop for Wade Phillips and say that defines who he was. Didn't they get rid of all their cornerbacks, too, during the season? Didn't they trade everybody? Yeah, they traded two at least. Yeah. Their offense uh, sputtered, so that doesn't necessarily help your defense. But regardless, it's not about defending Wade Phillips. It's, it's a just good, about he's a good name, and he's available. I see, I see why. The... Now, here's a guy who was an interim head coach. Here is a guy, and I bring him up based off of the Twitch suggestion. I didn't think of it because – He's done enough as both a head coach and an interim head coach. And there's a difference, right? He took over after a firing twice. No, three times, pardon me. He took over in season three different times. So you do that with somebody who has the majority command of the locker room or at the very least their own units. Yeah. You don't just promote a strength coach or cornerbacks coach or wide receivers coach as the interim head coach. No, no. You find either the coordinator or you bring somebody in that can do that. And Otherwise, if you don't have a coordinator like that, you probably don't fire the coach until the end of the season. Like in Dallas, for example, it wouldn't have been either one of those guys, Morningweg or Kellen Moore. Mm-hmm. Morningweg, despite him having past experience in that same spot, hasn't done anything remotely close to instill confidence. And Jason Garrett isn't just an offensive-only guy. He's there to manage the game as poorly as he does it. But in this case, I don't know, there might be some value to it. Now, Wade Phillips is a 3-4 guy, too. Well, And that doesn't fit the roster. It doesn't fit the roster, but what's more important right now? Well, I'm asking you, is it... Because when you lose a guy like Jim Schwartz, it's not like he has a cut-and-paste defensive... He's one of the few people that runs that wide nine set at times. And it's the not alignment. A, correct, yeah. the alignment. And, and it's not, as I was saying, a, a blitz or anything like that. It's that. And Single high safety, man-to-man on the edges. Right. He plays soft. You know, that's kind of what he does. And he not a lot it. of defensive coordinators out there do that. No, I know. It's, it's pretty unique. Guys play zone. Yeah. Guys ask shorter cornerbacks to jam and, and things like that. Up in the, You don't see that as much. We have guys that play off the ball a lot, but mm-hmm. my point of it is is that you may look, even if you bring in a 4-3 or whatever you want to determine this wide nine set may be, you're still probably going to have to turn things around anyway. All right, let's get to Glenn on the line before we break. Glenn. Yo, what's up, fellas? Yo, Glenn, what's happening, man? Yeah, yeah. when it comes to these press conferences, people don't understand. 
what they need to do is just Belichick it. I know us fans hate it. I know the reporters sometimes get frustrated. He's not backtracking because he ain't giving you anything. Mm-hmm. All, all uh, Peterson had to say when they asked about these coaches was, everybody's under evaluation, we'll let you know. Mm-hmm. They could have asked him the same question ten times. If he said the same answer, they'd move on. Yeah. I mean, some people, you put a microphone in front of their face, they feel compelled to tell people something. And Doug's one of those guys, man. Doug's one of those guys. Not, not so much right. you, know, you know, where he has to – he backtracks, he digs in a lot of times if he gets – you know, caught on something. But like Andy Reid, we used to get so frustrated with Andy Reid because he he wouldn't tell you squat, Yeah, right? He'd take responsibility, and that was it, yep. you know? But he never had to backtrack or issue statements, right? No, <laughs> not at all. Yeah. In fact, it was the opposite. And I heard Mosher talking about this yesterday on the Sports Bash a couple of different times. And it's a good point, Glenn, to raise. Thank you, sir. Appreciate for the, the call. call about how he had to press Andy Reid a couple of times on semantics. And one that came to mind was the Omar Gaither because he burned through linebackers, outside linebackers, a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So Remember somebody Omar asked, Gaither? yeah, well, somebody asked Reid in a press conference, is Omar Gaither still your outside linebacker? And Andy Reid didn't even flinch. It was like, yep, without a doubt. And then Jeff immediately jumped in and said, is Omar Gaither your starting outside linebacker and Andy Reid went into this law well we just have to look at the film and the tape because he had already made in his mind that he had been benched but he still technically answered the first question right correct gave another example to Chip Kelly on Deshaun Jackson it's crazy how it's almost like they're trained Mm -hmm. it's almost like they go through a program before they take these jobs yep back after this all right, Maze and Aton. Now you we got, got a, this tweet, right? Yeah, we got a tweet we got to get to from the other night from Dickie V that I find the comments or the replies absolutely hilarious. Now, there's another tweet we have to get to that I know you saw from a current now sitting on the sideline. No, actually, I take it back. Part of me, not sitting on the sideline, about to play a divisional round game. But what happened to Kyle Rudolph. Oh yeah, yeah. Was yeah. a heinous act of yeah, capitalism. How about that? How about that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, we we do have to discuss All right, that. Well, let's start with Dickie V here. But we got BLG Brandon Lee Gowton coming up Correct. at one o'clock from uh, now. Which one of those Green. tweets do you think he's more aware of? Like, if he had only saw one of those tweets yesterday, which one of them do you think it would have been? The Kyle Rudolph situation. Because it's more. Why? Why? I'm curious. Why? Because it's. it's like pretty out there. ESPN's been talking about it for two days, and I know they're not talking about Dickie V's tweet. Dickie V, yeah, is, but BLG is a very social media savvy guy. Yeah, I know, I know, but I mean, he's he's in football mode, isn't he? Pretty much. Yes, but I think that the to your point about Rudolph being under the same umbrella as the Eagles and NFL, etc. I do believe though that Dickie V's tweet, which you're about to read, was so viral. That you could not. It was like the Meghan Markle news. No oh, matter what, God. I saw Clay Travis posting. Like people in our world are now posting live videos about this crap. Why do we care about Meghan Markle and Prince Harry? I don't. I heard Sid, my buddy, our buddy yeah, Sid, yeah. this morning refer to Prince Harry is getting. He's putting on so much weight. He looks like Boog Shambi. Is that right? Oh my God! Does he really look like well, a? He's getting a little small. But I'm saying, it, fat. Does he look like Boog? Uh, not not to that extent. But okay. I thought that was pretty funny. That is pretty good. Anyway, All right, so what's the tweet here? Dickie V at Dickie V on on Twitter. He says this is uh, two nights ago. 
around uh, 9.53 Eastern time. Like many, I've been following the news involving the attacks on al-Assad bases in Iraq and Iran. Also... Wait, wait, wait. Right away, you're thinking... Real quick, because you have the benefit of knowing where this is going. We, I've seen it. But for anybody who's listening right now, they may not know where you're going. And they're thinking, oh, my God, you know, here we go down the road. There is, I don't know if I've seen a tweet that's about to take as sharp as a 180 mm-hmm. as you're about. Is that fair? Oh, it's a U-turn. Yeah, well, That's even <laughs> it's better. It's a total right. U-turn. So read that first part again. I feel like you need to reinforce that first part okay. again. Like many, I've been following the news involving the attacks on al-Assad bases in Iraq and Iran, period. Also, I've been checking hoop news, and four teams should get a tip of the hat. Rutgers. These are all in caps now. Providence. Maryland. Boston College. They had W's over Penn State, Marquette, Ohio State, and yes, Virginia. End of the tweet. Now, the first comment, you're thinking like, dude, what is Dickie V doing? Like, why? Okay. How do you bring those two up yeah, in the well, same how tweet? Do you, it's, confl- it's like he's incorporating sports in with, like, you know, a, an attack on a military But base. that's the thing. He's not even in, like, his first part of that wasn't even a statement of opinion. No, he's just paying it. That's what it's he's just, watching. Hey, I happen to be, It's almost like he's live tweeting him flipping through the channel. Right, 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 right. <laughs> He's going from a news network to an ESPN right. uh, He's in a hotel. Yeah. I can't find ESPN. <laughs> I'm stuck on this Fox News. Here's the first reply from Basket Fireball at Sheehan underscore sports. Hey, Dickie, love the show. First time caller. You think Rutgers can sneak by Iran without Soleimani in the first four games? <laughs> Right. Oh, my God. In Dayton, I'll hang up and listen. Yep. That's the first response. It is. So once you see that, you got to go through them all, right? Dickie V, give it to me straight. Is the Al-Assad Providence parlay going to hit or not? It's amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> it truly oh. is hilarious, isn't it? OPEC is not a Power 5 conference. I'd say mid-major at best right now for Iran. <laughs> Um, Did you weigh in? I can't believe you didn't weigh in. No, I was thinking about what to quote and have some sort of... But I saw that one parlay tweet, and I thought, nah, I'm not going to top that. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm not going to jump in. I'm not going to be able to do that. Yeah, I'm reticent to jump in on stuff like this, too. I just appreciate it and get the humor out of it. Right. But you were probably on. Were you on when this happened? What time was it? Almost 10 o'clock. Last night? No, it would have been Tuesday night, maybe. No, if any, I mean, I might have been writing or, or up, but no, I, I wasn't on. What's the date today? It's the night, so it's Tuesday I'm off, night. I'm off at 8 o'clock. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't yep. know if you picked up another time slot or. Nope. You know. It was just that, man. Yeah. The only thing I picked up was another writing thing, but that's all. Okay. No, that, I was up, I saw that, and I was trying to figure out just exactly how I could get around tweeting that. But again, I saw the deterrent for me was the Al-Assad parlay. <laughs> al uh, at Colin, uh, Colin Brady says, Dickie, do you think the Big East can get three or five teams in attorney? And will you condemn any and all military actions by our government, the U.S. government in Iran? Yep. <laughs> like, how about put it down two separate tweets, Dick? Well, I, I don't know. Maybe he just thought I can only get one out. My plane is about to take off. Oh, you they're think- going to shut my phone off. I might as well get in a two for one. 
I might as well kill two birds with one stone and get Al Assad and you better take Rutgers. Rutgers. Oh, I love them. Rutgers, I love them. Rutgers over Penn State that night. After Penn State beat Iowa over the weekend. Yeah, that game against Rutgers is not at the Palestra, right? No, no, it was no. at Rutgers. I think. I think it was right. at Rutgers. Well, I was. They it's didn't big win for they them. They didn't invade another. Like they didn't go play it at St. John's no. State, famous home court in Queens or anything like that. Right. No, Penn State has not taken over New York. Unbelievable. Yet. Yeah. You know, can't they stay in their own area? <laughs> what the hell are they doing over here? You think people can pick out a uh, basketball player from Penn State? You walk down the street, that'd be like one of those Kimmel bits. Well, they can in Philly because like five of them are from Philly. Well, not in Jersey. Back after this BLG in the house. Radio. We begin our jam pack to the gills. Not my gill, of course. He's on at 2 o'clock with Brandon Lee Gowton who is all things in charge of Bleeding Green, at Bleeding Green, at Brandon Galton, of course, on Twitter. And we have a bunch of questions. Just an hour ago, we got news that Grow and Walsh are out. And we can't even start with that because just as normal as a show with the two of us will go is... Brandon joins us on the Lighthouse Insurance guest line, knowing, of course, that this isn't the first time he joins us. So things just derail us. Things uh, attract our attention, and we can't stay focused. And it's usually ancillary, small, stupid stuff. In this case, both of us saw the video. Both of us are disturbed. We don't understand why, BLG. Doug Peterson was doing what he did with the water bottle yesterday. Do you have any insight into that? I think that he's just a goofy guy. I think that's really what it comes down to. He's just and he look. He's also he's up there at that press conference, knowing like he doesn't have to answer a lot of the questions. It's more really a Howie press conference, uh, if we're being honest. And you know the season's over, so I think Doug's feeling good. He's up there. He's like, oh, I don't, I don't have to face the questions so much today. And he's just messing around. And I'm guessing he thought he wouldn't be on camera because he was off to the side yeah. of the main cameras, but he did get caught. Well, yeah, and and that was you know sort of what happened when the question came about his offensive assistance, where Howie then deflected and said, "I'd rather have Coach answer that." And Doug was like not paying attention. He goes, "Huh?" <laughs> and then gave an answer <laughs> of like you know, the, "Hey, those guys, those guys are here. Those guys are back. We're good." And then was asked again towards the end of the press conference. He got a little snippy with it, and then said that they're they're still evaluating the same guys. Now we find out that they're fired. Bizarre. Yeah, uh, it's definitely not handled the smoothest way it possibly could have been. Now, I think part of that is I think Doug Peterson press conferences are always kind of an adventure in that mm-hmm. way. Like sometimes he'll say things and it won't be the whole truth. I think because I, I, I think you can tell sometimes, all right, there's, there's a certain extent to which he's coached up you know, by the PR staff. Right. And he tries to stick to the script, but sometimes there's follow up questions. Or, or, you know, or, or people revisit it. And I think that's maybe when he kind of gets off script a little bit, unfortunately, for him. Um, so, but, I, you know, I don't really even blame some of that on him. Like, that's that's ultimately up to the PR staff. Like, that's their job, you know, to make him better and make things come off. I don't think, you know, they necessarily did the best job of handling this, this year with the optics of everything. It seems like they would have had a better plan going into this press conference, maybe having Doug say from the jump, like, like, hey, Doug, don't say anything definitive about your your coaches. Say that mm-hmm. you're still evaluating all of them. 
Because, like, what's the harm in that? There's, right. Even if you keep them, like, great, okay, whatever. Like, it, it would have been such an easy non-answer to really give, and that's just weird that he gave such a definitive, yes, they are going to be back. And then he kind of backtracked later a little bit, saying that he was still evaluating. So kind of just a weird handling of everything. Yeah, and the whole thing from Grow, Walsh, Schwartz, I feel even less confident about Schwartz based on the tone that he took initially compared to him reaffirming that Walsh and Grow are going to be back. I mean, if that's how he sounded with guys who are going to be fired less than 24 hours and it was that about Schwartz, it seems like it's basically Schwartz's job to lose at this point in Cleveland. Yeah, it's weird. I, so, so he also even apologized, you know, in the statement about about what he said about Jim Schwartz, which is bizarre. Um, yeah, but that is a good point, Aton, that you, you raised there. And I think the thing with Schwartz is that I think the Eagles would not mind if he got the defensive or if he got the head coaching job in Cleveland. That's not to say I think the Eagles think he's a bad defensive coordinator because I don't think they they think that, and I don't, I certainly don't think that. I mean, you look at. His track record here now, the Eagles have allowed the fewest home points in the NFL since he was hired back in 2016. They've allowed the fifth fewest points overall. So he's done a good job with the defense, but I kind of just wonder about with the personality that he has, Jim Schwartz has, and you know him coming in here originally kind of being you know uh, a more established figure in the NFL. Certainly he was a head coach before, and coming in here back in 2016 and being here with Doug and almost kind of looking at that as like a fallback plan. Maybe if Doug didn't work out because there was so much uncertainty at the time with Doug. And I just wonder if Schwartz is kind of like worn out as welcome. Um, I think the Eagles, again, if we're just looking at the track record, would like to have someone of his capability, a defensive coordinator. But I, I wonder if it's just kind of a point where, uh, you know, things have just worn out their welcome and they would kind of just hope he gets that job so that they don't have to move on from him. All right, so you say worn out, you're welcome, and I think that's something we should explore on. But before that, if, in fact, Jim Schwartz goes, Harry and I were just talking about it's not just system fit personnel that you have to look at. Doug Peterson is so involved and immersed in the offense that you truly do need a guy, and I'll take Harry's term, who's autonomous on defense and basically his own head coach. Yeah, that's kind of a selling point too of mm-hmm. the of the job is that you know, hey, you're coming in here, you're the guy on defense. You're basically running half the team. You know, it's not like a, so. Basically, then if you look at someone, I'll throw out there like George Edwards, who's the Minnesota Vikings defensive coordinator, and his contract is up after this season, and there's talk that he could move on. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're him, you could be looking at this Philly job as an attractive landing spot because you know, in Minnesota, you're it's not Zimmer's you're defense. Not going, yeah, it's yeah. a defense. You're not going to be calling the plays. So they can attract someone uh, with that thinking. Um, I, I would also wonder if they might just want to promote Nat Burke, who they brought on the coaching staff last year and has followed Jim Schwartz around everywhere, basically. So maybe if Schwartz did get the job in the Cleveland, um, that Burke would end up there. But not, the Eagles could look at that as a chance to kind of like keep the scheme the same and all the things that Schwartz does without actually having to keep him. So. They're going to have options to replace them. I think there's a number of good defensive uh, coordinator candidates out there, whether it's Edwards, Joe Woods, and the 49ers. Um, we'll see. Hey, uh, Brandon, we're talking with Brandon Lee Gout and Bleeding Green Nation um, on the Lighthouse Insurance guest line. What you heard yesterday and what you observed yesterday, um, If what if Schwartz doesn't get the job in Cleveland? He's got to come back to Philly. Do you think they move on from him anyway? 
yeah, I think they would certainly not love to do that optics-wise, at yeah. least. Um, yeah, so that's the question. Um, I feel like, again, if they did, it would not be because they think he's a bad coordinator. Like, I, don't, I don't think that's the case here. It, it would be something personality-based, and, and that's just kind of a tough sell. Because at that point, how do you sell that to the fans? That like, you know, We believe that this is a good defensive coordinator just because of the way that things are, are the, the personalities are clashing or whatever inside the building aren't working. Um, so that would be a tough dynamic. I, maybe they would just have to bite the bullet and kind of figure out, okay, let's make this work for at least one more year. And then maybe after this year is when he gets that job. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely an interesting situation. I always think back to, so I was covering, uh, you know, I was covering the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I was in Minnesota and I was out there uh, at the media availability one day asking Jim Schwartz about his relationship with Doug Peterson. And it was, it was such a strange uh, response that I got from him. And he basically wouldn't go into it at all. And I just thought that was so bizarre. And I tried to clarify. I wasn't trying to, like, pry at his deepest, darkest secrets. I just wanted to know, like, at a basic level, what is your working relationship with Doug Peterson like? Like, how does that communication process? Basically, I'm just asking him, hey, do you talk to this guy directly? You know, like, what are the channels of communication there? And he just would not answer that question despite uh, multiple attempts from me. So I just always thought that was kind of weird, and it's kind of always matched up with those sentiments that have been reported out there that Doug and Schwartz aren't always, I guess, on the same page. It's interesting that this, and maybe it's just because what we do is talk about stuff on the outside way more than someone like you who's covering a team and is down there and has the benefit, because you've earned it, of course, of talking to people really on and off the record. But when was, or maybe even more importantly, BLG, Brandon Lee Gowton joining us at Brandon Gowton on Twitter, was this something that was constant this season? And because they turned things around in the final four games and the playoffs, it was kind of tabled? Because even when they were losing, like even after they lost to Miami, while fans were saying, yeah, fire everybody, Schwartz, etc., I don't feel like there were many reports that were coming out, even anonymous that would pin, you know, some sort of chemical breakup between the two. Yeah, I guess it hasn't really been anything new, I would say. Okay. Um, but but that doesn't mean, you know, the stuff from before doesn't still exist, you know, right? Like I think it's, I think that's more of the case. It's it's we've heard things in the past and we haven't heard them again, so it hasn't necessarily like flared up in a new way. That doesn't mean like the old sentiments, you know, aren't, aren't true still. All right, now what about Deuce Staley? Obviously, he was uh, passed over two years ago uh, for the OC job. Does he get a Does he get a chance here, or, or uh, do they go from with, with outside the organization? Well, they should absolutely interview him. I mean, they they should they should really open this up to a wide array of interviews. I have been consistent in saying that their failures with Mike Grow um, and some of these promotions they've made. You can look at Carson Watts as well is that they didn't open this to a more exhaustive search. And that's exactly what they did do when they hired Doug back in 2016. Right. And then you had Lurie, Doug, Howie, all these guys saying, you know, it's, it was so important for us to get Frank Reich and John Filippo on the staff. And then you saw the value of those guys. And then they left, and then they didn't, the team didn't make an effort to actually like hire the best candidates. They, they just went like, okay, this guy's in-house. We're just going to promote him. 
And guess what? How did that turn out? Well, now they're firing those guys. They're firing Mike Groh. They're firing Carson Waltz. So it would just be kind of weird to me if Deuce just gets that job because it's like, okay, what's the lesson learned here? How is this going to be any different? I, and this is nothing against Deuce personally. I just don't understand how this more internal promotion is the solution to this problem, which was originally created by internal promotion. So now what, as far as when you look at the possibility of losing up to three, or minimum I would think three, right, if not maybe another guy on defense if, in fact, Schwartz goes and a new coordinator comes in, how much do you think that impacts next year knowing that at the very least you have this team, if not adding more possibility of not restarting or resetting but just newer faces that have to get integrated in this team if it's a free agent or draft pick. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely turning the page from, you know, this Super Bowl team, basically. There's going to be a lot of changes from that group, not only the players. um, You know, you look at, like, Jason Peters, Alshon Jeffrey, potentially, um, Nigel Bradham, Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby. You know, so these guys are free agents. Uh, Those guys could be gone. And then now you have, you know, Mike Rowe. Uh, who was uh, the wide receivers coach at the time? He's gone. So, and then even just Walsh, you know, the, uh, being here, um, he was here a couple years ago as well. So they're, you know, they're just they're turning. He wasn't here during the Super Bowl, but they're turning the page on from this not only Super Bowl but also like immediate post Super Bowl era and actually seemingly and hopefully really like trying to just put that in the rearview mirror and kind of turning over a new leaf and and realizing that okay. Uh, we can't kind of just make minor tweaks to what we had before. Like we need to make some serious and significant changes to kind of start a new chapter here. And I think that's what they're looking to do uh, with these changes that they've made so far. They're overdue because we are, uh, we at Bleeding Green Nation have been calling for Mike Groh's job since last year. Uh, again, just going back to the process of all that happened. So it's, it's good to see. It's good to see they are making these changes now, and I think they're overdue. Is there any truth to – the rumor that Harry put out, I think a week ago, that there is so much confusion in the Novacare Center. What? When Doug Peterson yells, Carson! That they had to fire Carson Walsh <laughs> because Carson Wentz didn't know who he was talking to? Well, they did, you know, they did get rid of the big problem that everyone was talking about this season, Carson W. So he's That's gone. Right. A lot of people can be happy. Well, yeah. you, you know, you know that there are people. It's the same Asante Samuels, right, the Chase Daniels <laughs> thing. The, the same person is saying, yeah, they got rid of Carson. They woke up today thinking, oh, they finally got rid of that Carson. I've been telling them to get rid of Carson for years. They're bringing Foles back. That's right. That's Jackson exactly right. to get rid of him. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's great. All right, so real quick, if I may throw this out here, because you were on on with us, and I'm sure you are probably multitasking ten times over with us on speaker, but Lock and Fora put this tweet out. I had to quote it and refute it. He says, if I am the Eagles, I am talking to Pat Shermer ASAP. I said, if I'm the Eagles, I'm not. Uh, Your thoughts, Brandon Lee Gowden. I mean, this would be his third stint in Philly. Like, what are we doing? Like, what are yeah, we doing now here? It's just, that, no, that's the whole problem, you know, with the grow hire and everything. It's just like they're not being imaginative, imaginative enough mm-hmm. with their offensive thinking. So I, I really don't know what that accomplishes. Now, he's, he's a much better offensive coordinator type guy than head coach, right? We can all agree with that, but I agree with you. You know, I, I don't need to see another retread. Nope. 
being brought back here. Nope, not yeah. at all. Now, I, what do you think the wide receiver – how many of the wide receivers that are currently on the roster you think are back next year? It would be difficult to get rid of Alshon Jeffrey, uh, whether it's trade because of all the dead money on, on the contract. But, I mean, Deshaun they could walk away from with minimal damage. Uh, what do you think this looks like next year? I think – Aguilar is obviously gone. He'll be yeah. a free agent. Um, I, I think Deshaun is back. I think okay. he will be back. Um, and I do think that Alshon will be – I don't think he'll be back. I just – I find it so hard. I know the contract, but I just – beyond that, I find it so hard to believe that you have this guy who allegedly you know, was the source of Carson Wentz criticism and Eagles offensive coaching or wherever offense criticism for basically two years now like how do you keep this guy on the team especially even more so i'm thinking this when you're you're seeing the person who put out that that sourcing in Josina anderson yeah um during the eagles game the other night basically you know uh like not a ripping or whatever on carson wentz as he's getting concussed you know right. she's putting out she's like uh putting out there that, you know, oh, it's like... It's always something. Well, Tori Holt put that out. Yeah, Tori Holt and she echoed... I hear you, Tori. Yeah. She pulled an Iverson. I hear you. So that's just so bizarre to me that you bring that guy back into the fold. Like it just, the, I just don't understand that. And then on top of that, you know, he's coming off this Achilles injury. Like, is he even going to be able to play? Like, so there's so many questions there. I just think they, they try to find a way to move on. You can try mm-hmm. to trade him and not, you're not getting something back from it. It's kind of like, you're just doing like an NBA salary dump trade where you're like trading a pick with him just to get rid of him, get him off right. the hooks, like get him out of the locker room. So yeah, I'm really only expecting Deshaun. Um, and then obviously, you know, like Greg Ward, some of those smaller guys will be back because they're, they're cheap, but yeah, it should be. And then JJ will be back because you know, he was a second round pick last year, yeah. but you can't really like count on him to be this guy. They, they need to overmake, uh, they need to make over this position. They He's really going to be the Mac Hollins of next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, where where, where a practice around. squad player could outperform him, but he's going to be on the pract- on the starting lineup because he was a draft pick and he'll play special teams. That's what it could look like, <laughs> if, especially if it's, it's like what we saw this year. Yep. So what's on the docket now? We know that you have off-season stuff and that you don't really have any vacation because the Senior Bowl, the Combine Draft, it's all Philadelphia Eagles related in some aspect, even if it's just a week or so. But now that the Eagles are done, I'm sure that there is a time that you have allotted for something that you watch on TV. Now, it could be the Sixers. Oh, binge a show. Or, yeah, or it could be the Jack Ryan show that Harry is raving about. So what do you focus on now that you have just a shred, a little bit more time with the Eagles done? You know, it's a great question, uh, and I, I'm not even there yet, unfortunately. Like, that's, the, that's the thing. It goes right from, all right, Eagles lose this game against Seattle, kind of trying to do my post-game coverage on that, and then, boom, you know, the offseason is here. Everyone's talking about draft picks, mock drafts, free agents. There's really just no downtime at all. I'm, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll probably get there at some point. I hope so. But, you know, with the coaching, uh, you know, with Doug and how we talking this week and with this coaching news and everything, I can't even think about what I want to do in a little bit of off time yet. But I'm hoping to get there. I'm hoping, you know, maybe some of this dies down a little bit, maybe a little bit later this month. I'll okay. get a chance to actually, uh, you know, come up for air. Are you at least watching the Jeopardy Tournament of Champions or up to date on that? I am, and I'm disappointed. You know, our well, Holzhauer won. Well, he won last night, yeah. 
There's another round, isn't there? there well, you have to win three. I, you gotta, oh, you yeah. got to win three. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, three of the seven, I guess. Jennings won one, and now Holzauer won one. Correct. So is the other guy out? No. The third guy? No, he could win three straight. Rutter? He can win three straight. Uh, Lansdale, yeah. right? Oh, no, he's Lancaster. Lancaster. Lancaster, right. yeah. yeah. Now, is that who you were talking about, your guy, is Rudder? Well, he's a, he's to be Philly's guy. He's a big Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. Well, did we have to automatically back? Every, I mean, here's the thing. Rudder's bong hit comment was more appealing to me than the fact that oh, he's yeah, from he's Lancaster. Oh, yeah, he's your guy. He's yeah. your guy now. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon's like, no comment. Well, is, is, this, is this Joe Judge guy, was he an Eagles fan growing up? He's now uh, coaching mm. the Giants. Yeah, you can't take yeah. that job, right, if, if you grew up as a diehard Eagles fan? <laughs> Maybe he's a Cowboys fan, or I don't know. Well, yeah, Cowboys he could fan. be from, right, he's from Marlton, and he grew up a Cowboys. His dad raised him as a Cowboys fan. It's something crap like that that we get all the time about people from either South Jersey or the Delaware Valley that have never stepped out of this area that have grown up Cowboys fans. Hmm. All right. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks a lot, Brandon. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, there he is, Brandon Leak out, and, of course, Bleeding Green Nation. He does fantastic work, man. I'll tell you what. That website is tremendous. His Twitter feed uh, is a must-follow if you're a football fan in this area. And he was on the Lighthouse Insurance guest line. If it's been a while since you reviewed your commercial insurance coverages, you got to get a pro in there because your renewals have probably been increasing over the last few years. Call managing partner Kevin McAdams right now at 800-691-1686 and online at lighthouseins.biz. There were, what, 59 games last night? It was insane. 59. Or over 50 college, college basketball Absolutely. games? Absolutely. That, we've got from Nova to Temple, from a local standpoint to a couple of big games even tonight, to look at this schedule. We'll talk to one of my favorite guys in Chris Spatola, former Duke assistant, Sirius XM College. He's on NBA Channel as well. And we'll hit him with some college stuff, some Sixers stuff bunch of basketball things and he'll be joining us coming up next at shander show at harry mays tu again our major tournament is tonight at the king of prussia location for bury the hatchet go to bury get on their facebook page as well bury the hatchet and you can see all the details for this fantastic tournament that we're running it's crazy when you see this the prizes that we have available for you eight finalists will pick up a pair of tickets to a sporting event this year the two finalists will receive a 2020 weekend in Philly, luxury suite at the Sinesta, dinner at Davio's Steakhouse, and a pair of tickets to an event of choice. Now, you're going to get that if you're a final two. If you win, not only do you get that, you also get a Champions Pass, which guarantees two VIP seats to the next championship game played in Philadelphia. Bury the Hatchet in King of Prussia, burythehatchet.com, the Facebook page, Bury the Hatchet. All the details are there. Get there at 6 o'clock from 6.30 to 8.30 tonight. We'll have that tournament. Somebody is going to walk away a winner. All right, amazing Aton. We got uh, Chris Spatola coming up. He's going to be joining us. Of course, uh, Sirius XM, ESPN, the Athletic College Basketball. He's all over the place. But I just got some information. Regarding, From, regarding Josh. Oh, okay. And where he is and why. Because Hunter's on with us today. Hunter's Not doing Josh. a great job today. In fact, he's running down Chris Spatola as we speak. I was told 
He's but, also keeping up with the theme, like mostly. He doesn't adhere to you as much, but my demands of somewhat similar sounds. Oh, music. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was told by sources close to the situation that Josh was mandated to take days off because he works too damn much. And things had gotten so contentious behind the scenes. Is that right? That Gil said, you need to take time off and you need to do it now. So it was a result of some sort of confrontation and Just the stress solution. from just working too much. All right, so let me ask you this. Okay, let's set odds here. Yeah. Who's the odds-on favorite that would drive Josh to have a mandated day, not only one, but I guess technically two days off? off tomorrow, too. Yes. Yeah. Now, look, individually, you can apply odds and reasoning. You, me, Gil, the combo of Mosher and Rothstein. No, they they don't have anything. Well, they could be like plus 2,000 then. That's fine. It's Gil. You think it's Gil? It's Gil. Gil. What would you put Gil's minus 5,000? Yes. It's like one of those Mayweather bets. Yes. It's exactly what it is. I didn't know if any, I mean, look, I wear on people. You're not an easy person to work with every day. With I I with me you are, but you know, from somebody seventy five miles away trying to rely on you and your cues and everything, I could see how Josh would be frustrated with you. I could see how Josh would be frustrated with me. I don't think he's frustrated with us at all. You think it's just Gil? If you were to do a pie chart, forget the odds, just the pie chart, how much percentage would you apply to Mike Gill being the reason why Josh has two mandated days? Mandated! Well over 75%. I think you're just trying to alleviate yourself of any type of concern. I mean, we're a sliver and, of These pie. weren't the two days that were mandated. I This was in the works for a couple of weeks. That's why yesterday when you were coming up with this cockamamie story that Hunter didn't even know he was working. You didn't. Hunter? Yeah, he's laughing at you. See? See what we did? We brought him out. Yeah, That's amazing. what you got to yeah. do. You yeah. got to smoke him out. Nobody told us. Nobody told him. This whole thing was a dream. Hunter, was, nobody told you you were working today? It was one of these whiteboard <laughs> meetings that UPDs have, <laughs> and uh, a bunch of stuff is written on a whiteboard, and next thing you know, it's forgotten. Right? Yeah. No, I like this. In thing. fact, um, because Hunter was at, on break, so we were matching up the days that he was available. This happened when back during Christmas time that we had uh, p- picked these days out. There was a reason why he. So pre- what happened on Christmas time? Did Josh see? This is one of these things. It must have stemmed from something. Josh must have come to you and said, "I've had it," and you said, "The next time I could get you off." Is like You're just such a now. jerk that you think that's the way everything goes down, but that's not <laughs> typically uh, how most normal people roll. It's just like, hey, man, after the holidays. Grab a couple days, pick out some days that you want to take off. I'll bring Hunter into work for you and get out of here. After I get done taking three weeks off out of four, you can take some days. That's really what it is. Seriously, you did everything you could to deflect that. Here's Josh doing extra because you're out and you're enjoying yourself at some beach in San Juan. I'm extremely proud of my WVU education that allowed me to negotiate that in my contract. Look, nobody's faulting you for having time got off. got WVU in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kevin Kincaid. Kevin Kincaid today at 315, oh, yeah. a, f- so a fine a... WVU grad. Unbelievable. But nobody's faulting you for taking three or four weeks off in December and flying to Albuquerque, New, Me- New Mexico. Nobody's faulting you for that. What I'm saying is you understand Josh is sitting here with extra work. Yeah. And he's stewed, and he's probably like. No, no, he had no extra work. I had no? guys that. No, no, no. He was just producing like he does every other day. Okay, okay. Yeah, nothing changed. Josh's problem is 
he refuses to take like a full week off. Like he loves being here so much that he won't take the whole week. So he'll only do like, in fact, I was surprised he did back to back. I thought he was going to do like a Monday and a Friday wow. or a Tuesday and a Thursday. He probably feels that way because he feels if he takes a whole week, he's going to be replaced. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. The place would fall apart. That's why Shannon never took time off at the other place. <laughs> why is that? Because you thought we'd be replaced by the time you came back. No. Yeah, it's true. It yeah. was. I heard you say that. On the air. Yeah. Well, no. somebody, that happened to somebody. It was either in Nashville. Like, that happened, maybe Columbus. That happened to somebody that, in a market I worked in, it wasn't in Philadelphia. You guys got where... Spatola on the line, by the way. Oh, okay, okay. perfect. Yeah, I don't right, want to hear the rest of the story. I want to hear Chris. Jeez. No, well, you're going to hear the rest <laughs> of the story at the next segment. But, yes, we do need to bring in our special guest. And, as mentioned by Harry, you can hear... Chris Spatola across the board, see him, ESPN, Sirius XM, read him, the Athletic College Basketball. You can follow him on Twitter, at Chris underscore Spatola. Great mind, sat on a bench at Duke, knows the game in and out. Great NBA mind as well, so we can cover everything with Chris. And he joins us right now on the Lighthouse Insurance Guest Line alongside Harry Mays, Aton Shander. What's happening, Chris? Hey, Tom, nobody, nobody's uh, looking forward to the interview now. I want to hear the rest of your story. I, mean, this, this, <laughs> I just appreciate you catching my back as my boss shouts me down. Thank you, sir. You're way more accomplished than anybody in the room, so that means a lot. Oh, hardly. Hardly, my friend. Good to talk to you, brother. It's been a while. It has been, and always appreciate the time here. So where should we start, Harry, as far as let's look at the game of college, college. first, right, yeah. and, and we'll kind of expand, because we've got some questions that I think are not just Sixers-specific, but they regard Sixers and the NBA as a, as a whole, but the real place to start would be here, Philadelphia, Nova, and Temple, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, Villanova, mm-hmm. what, they're 16th in the country, Chris. They, they had a big win the other night against Creighton after losing to Marquette. Uh, you know, this isn't one of the greatest, uh, you know, Jay Wright teams, but here they are again, you know, in the mix. Yeah, you know, they're not – I agree with you. It, it's not one of the, the better Jay Wright teams in, ter- in terms of the talent or I even think the ceiling. Um, but I will say this, stylistically, they, they play a lot like his teams do. They probably shoot more threes than they typically have, but – you know, a little bit undersized, uh, playing really four guards, uh, mm-hmm. and then, you know, around the one uh, big player in that middle, and they shoot a lot of threes. So, you know, I think a lot of their success or lack thereof at this point in the season, which, again, they're 10-3, and three, so it's nothing to, nothing to cry about. But I, I think it has a lot to do with whether or not they're making shots. Um, they're not great defensively. I think that's one of the things that was, was a little bit underrated about some of the good teams they've had is how good they are defensively. Um, they, they have struggled at times on that end. Part of it is, again, the lack, lack of size at times has affected their ability to rebound and, and, and play, I think, on the interior. But, um, look, they play with a scrappiness that, that Jay Wright's teams have. Uh, there is some versatility there. And, you know, they're, look, they're, obviously the, the winning DNA, the Villanova DNA is there. And I, I think they'll have a chance as they move through a big East that uh, I think is kind of up in the air right now. And I think – it's natural when you beat Kansas as the number one team, Mm. there's going to be overreaction. And I think the bigger picture might be just that another number one, we've seen this. Nobody wants to be number one. No, and this seems to be a very new, unique thing, a unique trend this season, right, Chris? Yeah, like in terms of the volatility at the top? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Where Nova took advantage of it, but it wasn't so much a Nova isolated thing where they knocked off the number one team. It's more to Harry's point where if you're number one, not only do you have the target on not you, but chances long. are you're yeah. going to get knocked yeah. off. Yeah, the fact is, guys, nobody's that good. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think this has been building in the sport. I, I think when we have had years like a, a Kentucky in 2015 or or even a year last year where, where Duke had their run with Zion and R.J. Barrett, those, those were more the outliers, guys. Um, you know, I went off. I was up in Bristol over the weekend, and we, we did a segment because a lot of, like you're saying, a lot we had a lot of top ten teams lose on Saturday. And, it, you know, the I think all of the roster movement and the youth of our sport and, and then that youth then turning around and leaving, you know, basically college basketball loses the top 10% of its best players every year. I mean, there's no business or there's no sport that can sustain that type of, of loss year to year. And so I think what we're seeing is a volatility with these rosters that is starting to catch up with the game. And so, you know, if it's not teams trying to figure out what transfers are going to work for them, what grad transfers they can plug in, it's trying to figure out how quickly your younger players can develop. And because of that, you know, this time of year, college basketball doesn't have any great teams and it has no teams that can kind of separate from the field. So it's just, I think it's a product of where the sport is at right now. To me, I don't think it's a good thing. You know, I know all these guys, the, you know, the folks in, in my business out there claiming that the chaos is good. I don't think it's a good thing, but it's just kind of where we're at because of where the sport has, has evolved in terms of the volatility. Yeah, and nobody's feeling the effects of that more right now than the North Carolina Tar Heels. Oh I mean, goodness. Roy Williams the other night, after losing to what, Georgia Tech, and they lost to Pitt last night, said that, uh, you know, this isn't one of the more gifted teams that I've ever had. It was basically just ripping his players. Yeah, and I always believed – that was odd to me that he did that because I've always believed that if you don't have good players, that's up to the coach. Mm-hmm. You know, So I don't know if he was pointing the finger at himself or not, but – He's right, guys. I mean, like, this this is not a, a North Carolina team that we would come to expect. I mean, think about it, guys. You guys have followed this for a long time. Did you ever imagine a day in which a North Carolina team – I mean, this is the school of Jordan, the school of Vince Carter. I mean, this is North Carolina. They are playing a transfer to named Justin Pierce from William & Mary, and they're playing a transfer from Charleston Southern, a kid named Christian Keeling. I mean, did you ever wow. think there would be a day when North Carolina would play bulk minutes a guy from William & Mary in Charleston Southern? But that's just kind of, you know, they are reflective of where this thing is at. There are so many players leaving, good players, leaving college basketball year after year that these coaches, you ask them, they're having a hard time keeping up with it, and they've tried to plug holes with transfers, and sometimes you're going to hit like Carolina did with Cam Johnson, who transferred from Pitt, mm-hmm. and sometimes you're not, and that's just kind of where Carolina's at. Yeah, it's unbelievable to, to see that. Now, on the flip side, because I, I know that your smile is even wider when you can combine not only the pain and suffering that UNC is going through, but then Duke, we're only looking up at Gonzaga right now at the top. Yeah. Yeah, you know, this, this team, I, I'll be honest with you, Aton, they, they've surprised me a little bit because I didn't think... And you're, you know, you're critical more so than not. Like, I, I don't not mean, a Duke apologist. No, 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 no. And, and, and I say that as a joke between us because we've talked a lot. For, but for the people out there, you, you are far from anything. But I, I would say that you look at the team from a more critical eye than even an objective eye in a positive light. So that's where I was laying it out. But, uh, you know, how could you not crack a smile that UNC is failing the way they are? 
Oh no, believe me, I you know, and and I live, I still live in the area, so it's uh, it, all the Duke fans are loving it. I mean, it's you know, the thing with Duke, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about you know the volatility of these rosters. You either got to have continuity, meaning guys are coming back into your program, or you have to have talent, which you know Duke and Kentucky are kind of beholden to these freshmen coming in. Those freshmen for Duke have had a good year, better than I thought they were going to have when I saw them in the preseason. They're guarding, which I think if you can do that consistently, you got a chance to win. And that's kind of where they're at. They're having a, they're good, and it's good to see. They're, they're having a much better year than I thought they would. Yeah, I mean, Penn State and Rutgers, too, having really good years on, on the hardwood, which uh, we, we haven't been able to say in, in quite a long time. Obviously, uh, Rutgers beat them just the other night, but uh, the Big Ten is, is, is a crazy conference. To me, that's the most intriguing conference in the country. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I think it's certainly the best conference, and we'll see how the Big 12 evolves. But, I, yeah, I, I'm with you, and I think – you know, look, losing on the road at Maryland is, is not necessarily an indictment of Ohio State. I still think they're very good. I think Michigan State, we kind of, we dialed it back on them after the way they opened the year in the Champions mm-hmm. Classic, the way they did. But, um, you know, they went through a lot with Cassius Winston losing his brother. And they, they've kind of, they through a lot. And I think they're starting to find a stride here. Uh, again, Maryland, I think, is very good. Michigan, who, who won the battle for Atlantis. Uh, came back to earth a little bit after that, but I still think they're pretty good. So I'm, I'm yep. with you. I think the, the Big Ten has been a, a real surprise here uh, to this point in the season. Chris Spatola, ESPN. Of course, you can hear him on SiriusXM. You can read him, The Athletic, College Basketball. Follow him on Twitter at Chris underscore Spatola. Appreciate you, brother. As always, two quick ones. They're, they're one-word answers. Who wins the NBA championship? Who wins the Super Bowl? The Lakers. And, man, I would be hard-pressed. I would be hard-pressed not to say. The Super Bowl's a tougher one for me, Aton, because I'll tell you what. <laughs> to me, it's somebody in that AFC. I probably Kansas City because I think they've got the best quarterback, but that's a tough one. I'll, I'll, I'll give you Kansas City. There he is. All right, Chris, we re- appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Thanks so much. Chris underscore Spatola on Twitter on the Lighthouse Insurance guest line. Awesome stuff. You know the deal. Your renewals have been going up. you got to get Kevin McAdams in there and take a look at things. Call him right now at 800-691-1686. Back after this. We've got the Kyle Rudolph story to bring up at the very least. And I know you're chomping at the bit to hear the remainder of this. I was rudely interrupted. Oh, yeah. By your story about yeah. uh, somebody get uh, losing their job because they took vacation or something? I can't remember if it was in Nashville or Columbus, but there was a host who took two weeks off. And the station got tired of, like, halfway through the second week mm-hmm. explaining to everybody. And, again, it, was, it wasn't like a full-time morning show host who was the lead host. It was somebody who was kind of like in my position at the Fanatic, right? bouncing around Mm -hmm. and that person was just replaced because somebody else just came in and was able to run the board and do like the on-air stuff that person did kind of like in between a host and a producer Mm -hmm. so they were just tired of explaining on the air that no 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 because this is pre-real twitter 
explaining on the air, no, 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 that person didn't get fired. They're on vacation. And they weren't doing any bits like we were with Josh about him doing whatever. Right. So at that point, they just replaced him. Did they move him into the basement? Nope. They, no. they fired him. Oh, they did? Yep. They replaced him with this other kid who came in who was like five years younger. Cheaper. Yep. So I saw that, and then after that, it scared me. I was like, so you were scarred from that? Absolutely, man. Because I heard the I heard the conversation. I was in the programmer's office the day in which they made. I'm sick and damn. I think it was in Nashville. I'm sick and damn tired of having to explain. Like it was on one of these crazy whims Mm. where it was just the programmer. It was like something that our old old boss would do, where he was tired of hearing it on the air. Mm. So instead instead of tired of hearing about you know some auxiliary producer who nobody knows on the air. Instead of telling you like six times, stop bringing him right, up. He'll just fire. <laughs> exactly right. So at that point, I was scared to death. Yeah, I know what Kyle Rudolph went through was reprehensible, right? Well, yeah. Somebody, I, I'd love to know. They got to figure out who this person is that had a media credential. Uh, evidently, Rudolph didn't recognize him as a guy that's normally around the team, or like a you know, just he was just a guy with a media credential and asked him for his gloves. To donate to it, to give to a charity, so they could, you know, raise some money. And Rudolph doesn't really ask a whole lot of questions. I guess he's like glad to do it. He's a good guy, and he's and then he even signed the gloves. Yep. And these, of course, were the gloves, uh, you know, that he used to catch the winning touchdown over the Saints. And then somebody points, I guess, points to his attention a couple days later. They they were on eBay and they were sold for like three hundred and seventy five dollars. Yep. So the guy who apparently bought the gloves. Got in touch with Rudolph. Rudolph and said, I haven't received the gloves yet, but if I do, I'll give them to you and you can use them and you can frame them or put them in the, the hospital wing or whatever. It was something, something to do with a children's hospital, I right, think, right? Right. And he said, and if I don't get the gloves, if this guy doesn't even send them to me, I'll give you $375 so you can donate to the charity. It's nice. So it, it's ending up to be okay, but they got to have, with all the cameras that they have in these stadiums, like, they got to figure out who this person is. Yeah, and I think through... And how did he get the credentials? That's another thing is the person is... A, it sounded like Rudolph had an idea. It didn't sound like this was a complete stranger that came up to him and said that. I mean, we, we have access to plenty of people that have played professional sports where if a complete stranger and all they had was a media credential walked up to you for the first time and said, hey, can I have your game-worn gloves for a fill-in-the-blank? Even if it was a heartfelt story... I don't know necessarily how many players would just hand something like that over. Now, if it's somebody that you know, Harry, yeah. if it's somebody that you've seen in the locker room that maybe you don't know on a first-name basis, but you know, oh, okay, friend, like that person covers this team. Right. I, I don't know. It's bizarre that he would get taken advantage of like that. He says, and to clarify, it was not anyone I knew. So it wasn't a local reporter I see daily or a national reporter. He said this on Twitter. Locker room was a zoo. He asked for them. I said, of course, and even offered to sign them. So that's from Rudolph himself. See, he didn't recognize the guy at all. Yeah, that's why I think that there was some. Well, no, you, it happened with Brady and his jersey a couple years ago. Well, that was stolen, though. That yeah. was stolen. Right, but this, this wasn't but stolen. But they had cameras and eventually figured out who the guy was. Right. In right? this case, though, Rudolph offers them up physically yeah. to another person. It's hard. I just. Yeah, he didn't steal them out of his locker. No. Words, yeah. It's just tough for me to think that he would give them to a complete stranger. Weird. Right? Very trusting man, this Kyle Rudolph. I don't know, man. You know, at this point. 
I just don't know how somebody could do that and then flip around and sell it on eBay, especially using the platform that you're fortunate to have, right. which is a media credential. Right. However, the, the person got it. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. All right. Well, we've got the Sports Bash coming up next. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I didn't know that. You didn't thought, know? No, I thought. Oh, because Josh isn't here? You didn't think you thought the Sports Bash was taking a I thought they powder? took off. No, they got uh, Kincaid coming on from Crossing Broad. Oh, that's right. It's going to be a big uh, West Virginia University girls basketball breakdown. You got the Sixers minus two and a half tonight? I think so. No, indeed. Big win. We're back Friday, Parks Casino.